into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. Minion Death Cult, two-person podcast that uh, I know uh, very well now and uh, really have wanted to have on the show since I met them last summer when I was on tour going up the West Coast with Sara June because uh, basically you guys both saved my life and I owe you (laughs) and I I wanted to have you on the show for a while now. Uh, but we've been like really, really kind of, uh, uh, what do you call it? Scheduled up or whatever. Um, and I've been like, man, I gotta get these guys like on my show. Cause people are listening to us for some reason. No fucking idea why. Um, and I was thinking about it and I was like, damn, all right, when's a good, when can we do a good cross podcast promotion here? And then this fucking virus outbreak thing happened. <laughs> I was like, well, this is either going to be really good for podcasting or really bad. I can't tell. I think it's possible that a lot of people are listening to podcasts right now, but uh, I'm not sure because I, I know people listen to them like while they're like, I listen to podcasts while I'm working and outside and yeah. stuff. So the, the virus might have. Uh, fucked us i don't know here's my attempt to uh to, to repay you guys for uh separately tony in california uh drove me out to a gig that was way the fuck out in covina and um then alex i met him when this other thing happened which is that i went up to to seattle and did this some fucking dumbass comedy show where they make you smoke a ton of weed which is a thing I don't do for like mental health reasons, <laughs> and uh, you know, but I, I agreed to do it because it paid a lot of money. And then the guy uh, after like after they got me high and I did the show, he was like, "Oh, by the way, there's not a hotel anymore. Uh, we forgot to tell you." So <laughs> I was just stoned out of my mind <laughs> in Seattle and was like, "Do I know anyone here? City I've never fucking Brutal. been to." Uh, Alex was able to hook me up with a nice couch to crash on. Um, so good people. And Sarah, Sarah June was able to hook me up with some earplugs, uh, (laughs) for the night when you stayed over. That was also very helpful. Yeah. I snore really bad. Um, really bad. Yeah. I'm going (laughs) to die from that shit. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, uh, but I also did, did you guys' podcast when I was out there, and then I started listening to it, and I think it's quite good. So we should, you know, we should pod down here and uh, let any of my listeners know about this uh, this thing you guys are doing because it has a really specific mission that I think is noble, and it's something that needs to be done. Can you please explain who you are and what Minion Death Cult is, please? Uh, yeah, so this is uh, this is Alexander Edward uh, here. Uh, Minion Death Cult is like I don't know a, a historical record of what Facebook has to say about politics, life, uh, sexual relationships uh, in general. This is it, it. It sprung from just Schadenfreude reading bad YouTube comment sections, being obsessed with like the most. 
I don't know, uh, mind numbing spaces on the internet. And then I was like seeing people cheering on black lives matter protesters getting run over with cars. And I was like, Oh, this probably like belongs in a history. Yeah. Uh, this, this should be documented in some way. Uh, like, uh, Indiana Jones would say it uh, belongs in a museum. Exactly. Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know. I'm old enough to remember a time when MySpace was sort of in the distant past and I had this vague feeling of being like an empty mall or something. And, uh, you know, then it just sort of shuttered its own doors and went away. But Facebook is very much still functioning, but just for like the dregs of society. There's a very understated thing that it was just that, like anyone who's kind of in the know or, um, just has any reason to live has sort of like made the jump to some other social media platform of their choice. Maybe none at all, but Facebook is a real graveyard. Uh, I kind of, I, I, I take a bit of issue with that description. Uh, I, I, I agree with what you're saying. I think it's like a place for people without any self-awareness whatsoever. <laughs> um, but that lines up with like a lot of America. I think it's really like, a place for for normies it's like normal people's hangout on the internet and that's another like i don't know focus of the show we, we've kind of shied away from like full minion death cult uh coverage because that shit is like really depressing and horrible and now we're more into like just the either revealing or uh comical stuff uh that, that we see on fit like one of my favorite episodes of minion death cult uh, we covered Eric Greitens, who was like the governor of uh, I can't remember which state, some some Midwestern state who had an, an entire post about how Obama stole chocolate milk out of his son's mouth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And they were like a chocolate milk family. He came from a chocolate milk home and like he was right that's one that's the thing that he and his son had in common was that they both loved <laughs> chocolate milk and yeah. obama uh stole that from him yeah yeah it wasn't just milk it was like he was stealing his like culture you know he was it was it was bad and i, I think one of the biggest differences between like you know uh the myspace and facebook thing is that now um i think that reality has and permeated the internet so hard that like so the other day i saw someone wearing a sweater and it was a kimbo slice sweater oh shit. and um and it, it it gave me some sort of weird nostalgia but didn't make me feel gross like if i were to see somebody wearing like a um uh a, a, you know a blue lives matter shirt that they bought off facebook that says you know like um you know damn right i'm like the angry i'm the angry boyfriend they told you to worry about kind of shirt um because like <laughs> Facebook is so real. It's like it is it, or at least, so, you know, so close to real. Um, and watching it happen now, uh, watching the way like the interaction between people are now on Facebook compared to like something like MySpace. It's they're really like full mask off on on Facebook because they're in their groups and they think no one can see the groups or something like that, even though Alex sees all the groups. They let and me they, in the group. They can hide nothing. Yeah, they can hide nothing from him, and um, and we we did it on the show. They let me in the the villages group. You know that that like planned retirement community from Florida, where like every <laughs> handshakers, where everybody is just dying slowly while managing to vote Republican every two years anyway. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, they let me into that community in like two minutes, despite the fact that I have like, you know, uh, a, a shit posting cover photo, a shit posting frame. Like n- none of my stuff is private, and they just let me right in. Yeah, the uh, Facebook groups like mechanics don't really work uh, in any like secure sense at all like i'm in groups i didn't even do that like somebody just thought it'd be funny to add me into like a you know mike bloomberg 2020 thing or whatever or or garfield is hot and i want to drink his cum (laughs) yeah 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 Yeah. that's a group that you can just get added into (laughs) don't know about it Uh, oh i know about it um yeah, I don't know. My experience with Facebook has kind of been a weird one because, like, I've been doing stand-up for the last fucking, you know, 12, 13 years or whatever. Pretty much the entirety of the time I've had a Facebook, I guess. And uh, so what happens, I think, I can't, I'm not sure if it happens when you reach a certain point, like, career-wise, or if Facebook just reached, like, a critical mass at one point, but it tipped from... Uh, people I know adding me to just every person who's ever done an open mic ever adding because they think that if they just add every comedian ever, then they'll somehow be like part of some networking circle that leads to whatever. So you do, I do get like psycho Trumper people. And, uh, I'm also, I was also friends with Gallagher at one point and I didn't add him. Like he must've added me. And then like, I heard he was like, that's sick. Yeah. It was cool until like you watched his shit and realized he's just an old MAGA, like, you know, selfie video in the truck guy now and shit. And he's also like a creep to women apparently, but I think it was more, he must have a, he must have an extended cab to bring that sledgehammer in there with him. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, I heard he can't even like swing the hammer anymore. I'm I heard he's like retired the hammer. <laughs> I'm certain he cannot. He looks, he's got, he looks the same, but old as shit, and the hair is all gray. So it just looks like an old clown. It's really weird. That sucks. <clears throat> like that, him being that now makes like the whole watermelon thing feel like gross, like really racist. <sighs> like I'm like, I'm like offended by it every time now. The watermelon thing is really disappointing to me because, or it's disappointing to me that he's an old conservative because the watermelon thing in my mind is somewhat an anti-capitalist bit maybe you know it is in a very corny 80s way he's like making fun of like consumerism or whatever but somewhere in there you know there is a critique of the the thing that we all live under but must have gotten lost in all of the years of uh you know playing county fairs and going why do you park in a driveway and drive in a parkway etc um, I don't know what could have been with him. Um, another one I'm friends with. It's really weird. Is uh, the guy who the dude from the Big Lebowski is based on, like the okay. real guy? And I only know There's that the real dude. There's a real dude. His name's Jeff Dowd, and I only know that because somebody told me there's a real dude. He's based on a real guy named Jeff Dowd, and I was like, Jeff Dowd. I know that guy. He's like a Facebook guy. I know that name from Facebook. Yeah. And I looked him up, and his page is all him, like, appearing at Comic-Cons and shit. And then also, you know, just, like, legalize it memes and stuff like that and fucking Hell alien yeah. heads and shit. So he's an activist, you're saying. <laughs> he's, like, a he thinks he's an activist type guy. Yeah. And um, and I didn't add him. I, he added me. Like, I don't know who, didn't know who the fuck that was until somebody told me. And I was like, oh, I already know that guy. Um, Jeez, I didn't realize it was the flex hour over here. <laughs> no, that's all I got. Gallagher and the dude. <laughs> Other than that, after that, it's a sea of just like, 
like comedian ads for shows that it's just like a clip art microphone and then like a shamrock and then the names of 30 people you've never fucking heard of all crammed together you know lined up in a uh in just ridiculous like uh kind of 2000 era rap album cover fonts and stuff it's it's real grim it's the same thing because like like maga chud comedy like maga chud like open mic uh, stand-up comedy is a very Facebook thing. It's a very Facebook energy thing, <clears throat> yeah. and um, so I feel like you probably see like a lot of that. Because um, I, I don't know, like uh, doing the open mic, I, I'm kind of happy that I don't do. Um, I don't work at the bar that did an open mic around here anymore. Because like the that stand-up crew is already pretty bad, and I feel like they they probably went full like. They probably went full like Chud humor um, now, so I don't know how that to put up with that. But they're all about Facebook networking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, those well, I think you go. You, I think you do the MAGA grift when you've like decided to stop doing actual comedy. Not to say that like people do. Everybody doing open mic is doing actual comedy, but I mean like MAGA grifting from the front seat of your car or where you just like watch clips of Nancy Pelosi and then laugh into your big gulp about it. Like that's yeah. light years easier than actually going up in front of people with a, with a five minute set. There's a real traceable process there that you, or uh, evolution that you just kind of hinted at. And, um, the like it, there's an astounding number of alt right and alt light figures who were just open micer comedians at one point yeah. and you have all their you know all their clips are still kind of online chris cantwell from one of the big mm-hmm. guys from charlottesville had like a clip the up. crying nazi yeah the, the crying yeah. nazi from charlottesville that was uh packing like 12 sidearms yeah 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 he had a clip on this website called rooftop comedy which is the thing that we all got conned into signing up for at one point because they said they were gonna make us famous and ever and also it's it's notoriously hard within comedy to get your shit taken down from rooftop so that's why this weird clip exists of him in some (laughs) bar doing the precursor to what was him being a weird racist maga crank uh, it was it was just bad edge lord comedy or whatever that vaguely referenced Rand Paul and shit every once in a while, but yeah, I don't. You, you can tell like Steven Crowder. I don't know his exact history, but I guarantee you there's a failed comedy career in there somewhere. Like when you see him, you know, on a panel at a college campus or whatever, and he really is like feeling himself, and he stands up and grabs the mic and and stalks across the stage. You can just <laughs> see like. You can just see and feel like the the aggrievement radiating off of him from like audience audiences in the past, audiences that have shunned him previously. <laughs> yeah, it's honestly it almost it always. I, yeah, I, mean, I hate to even say it, but like the Joker is not that really flimsy <laughs> of a metaphor because it does seem like so many of these guys just do have like king of comedy energy. Yeah, where Joker was funny though. Right. That's the difference. His set was great. <clears throat> that joke about getting hit by a yeah. drunk driver made me laugh in the theater. I don't know what mm-hmm. fucking everyone's problem was. Um, yeah, no, I mean, there, there's a lot of energy of like lost guys that ju- just want the last word and they just want that set. It doesn't really even matter what the politics behind it are or you know, any of this other shit. It's all just set dressing. I don't know. 
One of our favorite guys that we covered on the show, we covered this guy like a year ago. His yeah. name is Terrence K. Williams. People Legends. probably know who he is now because he's yeah. been invited to the fucking White House. Multiple times. Um, dude was like, I guess, a comedian. Uh, I don't know if he ever did stand up, but he had like an online presence and he got invited on to Fox News one time to talk about the uh Asian reporter who was hired by the New York Times who had a history of doing like ironic anti white tweets. Yeah. I don't know if people remember this controversy. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's they, like vaguely familiar. Yeah. Yeah. She 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 was like repeating the racist messages that she got, but substituting white in there to like, you know, prove a point or whatever. And she eventually got hired by the New York Times and people dug up these old tweets. And so Fox News wanted to, like, shame her for it, for, you know, uh, this anti-white racism. So they brought on Terrence K. Williams, a black comedian, to say that, oh, she uh, her excuse is she's just doing irony. Do you think that that's an OK excuse for uh, racism, Terrence? And the first thing out of his mouth is, I think Ling Ling's been eating some bad fortune cookies. <laughs> like it, immediately, which is like a, it's a smart move because like, I mean, the only reason that Minion Death Cult really works is because in order to not be racist, you have to have a black guy on the show. And so I, I you know, I, I, I play a lot of defense. Uh, well, I guess it's really offense um, just by existing. Um, and that's uh, what they were going for with Terrence K. Williams here. And it was just like. It's so brutal, and he and he's like his delivery is. Do you remember? Um, God, who was it? Who was the guy that was? Oh my God, I'm the guy from the Disney Channel, who. Uh, from that's so Raven. From that's so Raven. I don't know. You just you know God. this guy. I don't know this guy, Tony. But dang it, he's like he was her the friend. He that's, was Raven, yeah, the guy from that's so Raven. friend or brother. He had a breakdown a few years ago, and like was. Doing all kinds of really gross, edgy comedy, um, at kind of like at the, at <laughs> oh, cool. at Raven's, uh, you know, expense, and but that's who he reminds me of. If anyone knows who I'm talking about, you'll know exactly <laughs> what I mean. So there's like four people uh, out there who are like, "Fuck yeah, yeah, the Raven, yeah. that's a Raven guy." Who are really getting me right now. Was this? A, was he doing stand up? No, he, he just had a series of like of like interviews where he was just losing it. Okay. And that's what this guy reminds me of. And what's his tagline, Alex? Uh, uh, you better go to bed. Y'all need to go to bed. Y'all need to go to bed. That's Terrence <laughs> K. Williams' tagline. That fucking Y'all rules. Y'all need to go to bed. And it, yeah, he was. It's and so the video we covered on that episode we uh, was him watching his own appearance on Fox yep. News where they cut him off because he said a bunch more racist shit against her as they were trying to like demonstrate how ironic racism is bad. He just did flat out racism against her, and they were like, uh, "You're not like understanding the like the slant we want for this uh, for this set," and so they just cut him off while he was going, "No, no, no!" And they stopped. They stopped the set, and the video on Facebook is him watching that and laughing to himself, and then he repeats the Ling Ling joke three more times, and then he teases his tour. For the next, you know, couple months, where he is going to be finishing the Ling Ling joke on yeah. tour yeah. for everybody here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's, that's how I think it's almost like a two way street. Like you, there's like a back and forth between racism and that type of comedy, where you can swing one into the other or vice versa. Yeah. You know? Um. 
let's talk about uh, what's going on right now with coronavirus. Um, I am quarantined in Brooklyn. I am kind of fascinated with the nation's response to it because I think that something really serious is coming down the pike, and I don't think that everyone's fully on board with accepting that, and I think that one part of this that's really disturbing and really has minion death cult energy to it is the flat-out denial by the people that will be killed by it. Um, mm-hmm. I kind of think that something that's fascinating about this is that like there's a slow-motion disaster happening, and there are still a large amount of people that just think, uh, you know, it's a conspiracy or whatever the various things that their little busy box internet program is going to tell them. It is. Um, what uh, What are you guys doing for your you know little coronavirus holiday? And uh, what have you seen on the internet that you might be able to amuse my fans with? Uh, well, I don't. I don't get a coronavirus holiday. Uh, I've been apparently deemed an essential part of this economy <laughs> as a UPS driver. Right. Uh, which means I get to work uh, twelve hours a day at my normal pay rate. With you know, I mean, I get overtime, but you know, I don't get hazard pay. I don't get uh, essential worker pay. And uh, you know, I probably shouldn't be complaining because as a union person, I make a, a very good wage. Uh, but still, I'd I'd like to have a little coronation, a little vacation too. You know, would be nice. Maybe not having to interact with uh, hospitals every day, delivering to like twelve different suites per building. Uh, yeah, that's that's my experience of the coronavirus currently. But the good thing, though, is that you have the UPS uh, uniform. So when the vaccine does come in, you can just, like, go reverse deliver some. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, you'll know because there'll be, like, like a a skull and crossbones on the side of the box. Just take that. Um, Yeah, I've also um, somehow been uh, slid on the radar as, like, an essential person. I I work at a bakery, and we bake bread, uh, and that's all we sell is bread and some pastry. And um, we have been just cracking. It's cra- It's crazy. Business is booming. We're sold out of bread through Saturday. Would you say there's a line down the block to get your there bread? There is a line down the block to get bread that you're still going to pay for. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were I- joking earlier about how, yes, we have bread lines under capitalism. You just still have to pay for the bread. Yeah. We, we kind of um, had them before. That's never really been that good of a – like a – yeah, uh, smear attack, whatever the fuck it was, like a propaganda you, thing. You have to stand in line for everything. You should wait in line for good <laughs> bread. You know, as a as a as a baker, you should wait in line for good bread. Um, it kind of uh, makes sense because, like, standing in line requires like observing somebody else's, I don't know, like <laughs> uh, preeminence over you. You know, like, yeah. oh, this person came before me. This person has dibs or whatever. Where, like, in the American fashion, it would be just to like form a mass and crush the weakest person in front of you to get to it. Yeah, libertarian you know, guy doesn't stand in line. He stand. I stand in circle. I you know <laughs> stand over here, <laughs> but I'm. He holds a you. place in line, but he stands way like way over there. He just lets the people know. Yeah, we actually had something really like heartwarming today happen like in line. Um, so yeah, we we're we're serving out of a window now to like reduce contact with people, obviously, because a bakery is already a pretty sterile like workspace. Um, because it has to be to get things to work out right. But um, this there was literally two loaves of bread left. Um, and the guy 
somebody was in line. He was, it was his turn to order, and he's like, oh, I'll take two sourdoughs. And the person behind him kind of made like a noise. And he was like, oh, were you going to get the last sourdough? He's like, yeah. And he like uh, he like let her get the sourdough. And then he accidentally put who he was on the phone with on speakerphone. And that person out loud to everybody was all like, no, get both of them. Like, no, <laughs> <laughs> we, we need both of them. And I was like, hey, man, you kind of just made the agreement. You like made the silent head nod agreement to the person behind you. Like, you, sorry, you got to do it, man. Like, I'll sell it to you, but you're going to have to walk past that person. <laughs> and um, it, he, yeah. he did like he, he like let it go. But it was at just perfect timing. Didn't realize what he was doing. He like put that person on speakerphone. And they were like, no, get both of them. We need both of them. I was like, no, we're open tomorrow. I'll come back tomorrow. <laughs> but yeah, people are trying to like hoard them. And I'm like, no, you can't have nine loaves of bread. No, that's not. Sorry. Yeah. What are you going to do with nine loaves of bread? Freeze them, I guess. But yeah, it's stupid. Like, like, I'm like, buy flour. Go buy flour. Don't buy bread. There you go. Make your own bread. Exactly. This, this is just like a, a real like multi-layered death cult phenomenon going on there's so many little different death cults in in this though like you mentioned like the people in the villages like the boomers the the older folks who uh either because uh they're like maga diehards and think that the coronavirus is like made up to look, make trump look bad or because they've like fully realized that they have nothing left to lose because they are in the last third of their life. And who gives a shit if we destroy the planet, who gives a shit if we, uh, uh, spread this virus around, like people are complaining. They're like, we, we talked about this on this week's episode. Like somebody was like, Oh, if I, I still want to go on my cruise, if we got like quarantined at sea, that just means I get a longer vacation. As long as I have somebody <laughs> feeding me and changing my yes. bed sheets, I'll be fine. That is a, tr- a truly American thing is to think that you won by like becoming lost at sea just because like I'm so free out here. The government can't get me in the middle of the ocean. Yeah. I heard this one in real life. I uh, was dropping bread off to my mom and she works at a produce stand. So we're all these like little things where you have to go to work still. Um, I dropped it off to my mom, and this person who was checking out said, uh, yeah, now's the perfect time to go to the casinos. And I was like, aren't they closed? They're like, no, no, no. Sebulba is still open, and they give you a $20 credit. <laughs> I was like, are you fucking kidding? She's like, she's like, She was like, yeah, uh, I won 300 bucks yesterday. And part of me was like, ooh, I, I kind of need 300 bucks. <laughs> I, I might go go spend the, two, the 20 Is it supposed yeah, to be yeah. easier to win because there's less, like, people there I think they stealing just got the lucky. good penny slots or whatever i think they got lucky it is yeah. easier on you because they because they want you to come back sure <laughs> they give you twenty dollars um, of free credits to play just to get people in the seats i mean that's free that, that should be criminal I, that was like when i went to buy fucking cbd oil yeah. last night uh and they were like oh yeah by the way it's buy, uh, buy one get one half off and i was like fuck well let me get two of these then and she was like yeah we're just trying to get more foot traffic in and I was like, mm. <laughs> I don't know if that's good. the thing to be doing. Yeah. Right? Maybe get more online orders. <laughs> yeah. But but there's like another aspect of the death cult is uh, evangelicals refusing to be- either refusing to believe yep. that this is a real thing or thinking that their God is stronger than the virus or thinking that uh, it doesn't matter anyway because this, these are just our earthly bodies. Like somebody posted in the in the face in our Facebook group today, uh, 
videos of a woman going around Dearborn, Michigan, leaving Bibles for Muslim families, whoever she thought was a Muslim, basically putting Bibles on their porch while her children have fevers <laughs> in the car with her with fevers. This should be considered an act of terrorism. Yeah. Like she specifically, she was seeking out a certain type of person and contaminating them with disease. And this is Dearborn, Michigan. That Doesn't Dearborn, Michigan have like, like one of the highest concentrations of like of, of Muslim Americans, like in living in, in one city as Dearborn, Michigan, I believe. Yeah. So that's like a lot of people like this should be, this is terrorism. This yeah. is like, this is a, you know, biological warfare. <laughs> I didn't even really think about the Christian psychos. I did come in contact with, uh, not like actual contact, but I was on Twitter this week and uh, like a boomer that made it to Twitter, one of those that got lost and ended up on Twitter somehow. Uh, Oh, dude, you're on Twitter? Oh, yeah, I'm hella on Twitter. You know it, baby. Tight, 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 (laughs) tight, tight. Um, but some boomer was tweeting some crazy shit about coronavirus, and then I went to make fun of them, and then uh, I like actually I got curious and I read their page just to see what they were about, Uh-oh. and like the tweet right below the one I was making fun of just said like, uh, yeah, yeah, husband thinks maybe the coronavirus is God's way of sending us on our way. <laughs> I got really <laughs> sad. I no longer wanted to make fun of them or interact with them or whatever. But then right after that, they turned into a fucking lunatic, you know? They started making fun of me for delivering pizzas. I uh, also deliver things, which this delivery thing is a really interesting space to be working in uh, during all of this because no one can really decide whether it's ethical for us to go to work or for people to yeah. hire us or whatever, and it's just sort of fucking happening. And you're you just try to stay as clean as possible. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard for like, you know, the majority of delivery personnel who aren't unionized, like UPS, as far as I know, uh, is like the only unionized delivery service. I, I think maybe DHL, so, some DHLs join some unions, but um, like in terms of like door to door delivery, at least, and it's like we have so many more protections than like the average delivery driver. Like we, we do have paid sick leave and we do have paid time off and we do have healthcare and that sort of thing. But like people who work for DoorDash or like Uber eats or whatever, like that's what I do. I do a gig economy. There's no safety net at all. I do a gig economy app and it's super like Banksy black mirror type shit where it sends you little updates and your push notifications. And they're always really corny. They're always like, Hey, you know, it's new year's. People are going to be ringing in the new year. You could be (laughs) ringing in some bonuses. Why don't you go out and work from, you know, 8 PM to 1 AM or whatever. And like, they just kept coming in until the last week or so where there was like one last like email I got that was like the luck of the Irish people are going to be quenching their (laughs) hunger and then this week I just started getting notifications that were just like so we'll give you six dollars for every delivery if you go out today shit just you know for no reason (laughs) like luck of the Irish did you know that coronavirus only has a three percent mortality rate (laughs) (laughs) Make sure you only do 97 deliveries, but pretend like you're going to do 100. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing about this like crisis because it's ar- it's arguable. I mean, I, I think it's maybe objectively 
true that like we are in the nascent stages of whatever crisis we're currently in. Yeah. Like people haven't started dying in mass like in Italy yet or like in Iran or China. Um, and even just this like first stage of this crisis is exposing so much about like our society to people who maybe aren't paying that close of attention or maybe who people who are more comfortable than others. And I think this like gig economy thing is a great example of that yeah. because it's like the gig economy, especially like Uber and uh, Uber Eats, uh, DoorDash, always relied on workers taking even more of the risk than they normally would. You know, you have to use your own car, you have to buy your own car insurance, you have to like have a license, like anything that you do on your job, you are held liable for, not the company, etc. Um, but now that extends to like contracting a fucking disease. Yeah. yeah. See, that's the thing, right? This type of work and most work honestly in America has been shifting towards the the independent contractor dynamic yeah. for a long time in order to to shove off a lot of the old burdens and responsibilities th that an employer would have in terms of just taking care of their employees. So they cut this deal with you where they go, "Well, you know, what if you aren't our employee, you're a quote unquote fucking partner or whatever, but you have all this freedom and you, you know, oh yeah, you may pay taxes, but, you know, this is your side gig or whatever. And it, it slowly got whittled down to a situation where everyone just has to work these fucking jobs and it's convenient and everyone, you know, likes it in, in some way, but you know, it's man, I mean, I feel like using all these Ubers and shit and door dashes for the last few years, you always had a twinge of guilt where you knew like something about this ain't right. Something the yeah. other shoe is going to drop at some point, And this is like, this is a big fucking shoe. You know, uh, the person who is delivering your food or, you know, taking you from your one quarantine to the other in their goddamn Honda or whatever, <laughs> like has absolutely no responsibility to, you know, to to make sure that they're clean or that this is not a dangerous yeah. situation. You're literally just in somebody else's fucking car. Um, yeah, it's real dark. It's real weird. I um, I was gonna do it, and then I got food poisoning this weekend, and um, then I got some writing work. So I, as of right now, I don't know. I might jump out there at some point, but I'm trying not to. And I honestly think that uh, they're gonna put a stop to it like pretty soon. I think we're not even gonna be able to do that. I don't know what's going to happen nationally. I don't know what's going to happen in y'all's neck of the woods, the, uh, respectively. But, um, you know, I mean, there are like certain cities where it's, there's a thing called shelter is the t legal term for it, where you like you're not really allowed to go anywhere but your own home and the grocery store. I think it's happening in San Francisco mm. right now. Yeah. I think it's going to happen soon in New York because uh, I mean, this is a really bad city for this type of scenario. Yeah, dense. Yeah, um, what, what's I think the, what's it's if we had planned better. If it, I mean, like this is easy for me to say because I don't have to deal with the reality of it, and it's like kind of a glib thing to play, like uh, Monday morning labor activist or whatever. But <laughs> it would be like a great time to do a gig worker strike. Yes. You know, there, there's like such a such a point of leverage right now so many people are depending on deliveries so many people are like getting from you know delivery services even like you know the the more 
established ones like FedEx and, and UPS and, and DHL. Like if Uber, if if Uber drivers and if Uber Eats were to strike right now, it would have I think like the gl- the greatest leverage possible. Yes. Yeah, it would be that a, they've ever had did, since the inception. Be a fucking death threat, dude. Like people would be people would die. You know that would that is good leverage. Yeah, like I know for sure that if I didn't get fired for uh, talking too much from my job back in September, I would have definitely gotten fired like this past week. <laughs> like there's just no way around it. Um, this meme right here, um, if you don't mind, it's it's very I, I was gonna uh, suggest death cult coronavirus. Actually, this we should talk about death cult coronavirus uh, content. Um, what are the weirdest things you guys have There's seen? There's so much of it. Like we did we did an episode we did an episode of of stuff on uh Monday, but there was like another episode of stuff that we just couldn't do. And so I was like, well, let's do it on Pod Damn America if if, yeah, hell if yeah. we can. Because it's like it's just this one right here. So it's uh it's it's a <laughs> what's his face meme, the you must be a special kind of stupid guy. I can't remember his name. because uh, I don't really care about people's names that much. Um Sam something, but, right? It's Sam Elliott, uh mustache guy. Uh yeah. And yeah. uh it's from the uh, big the Lebowski. top text. From the Big Lebowski, God from the Big Lebowski. I I more personally remember him from Roadhouse. Roadhouse where he also is, yeah. uh, best friend to Dalton, possibly the second most popular bouncer uh, in the universe of Roadhouse. <laughs> um, he says uh, the top text says uh, quote city folk, and then there's another quote: when the food runs out, we'll go to the rural areas and take from them. Uh-huh. And then Sam Elliott says, you realize these people argue over which gun is best to put in their truck, dot, dot. Yeah. There's like Take that city two folk. amazing things <laughs> happening here. Uh, I love like, like remember, do you guys remember before we started recording and how we were talking about like, it's cool when we run out of food in our metropolitan areas, we will then go out into the rural areas and we will take their food and supply from them. Remember when we were saying that? It's something that city folk are always talking about. Yeah, yeah Jake, you were all like, I'm going to go fuck up upstate New York. I'm going to go tear my way through upstate New York and just take all their supplies. Yeah, and then I said, well, I, and I bet they don't have multiple guns to stop me. Yeah, definitely not in their truck, which I thought was a weird thing for you to say. <laughs> well, I, I, you know, it makes sense now. Yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of I, I thought they're either going to have trucks or they're going to have a bunch of Kia hatchbacks out there. I can't figure out which one. But <laughs> it might be trucks full of guns. I just want to say to these rural folk, uh, you think you guys can defend an invasion? You can't even decide which gun to put in your truck. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like when this is written to they they were imagining like the like uh, bench seat pickup with an actual gun rack. Like behind the headrest, like this isn't like a you know. This is a blue which, collar comedy. Yeah. Jeff Foxworthy, exactly. Their gun rack has a gun rack. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's just like um, such a. But I just it, the the. Well, yeah, and that's the minion. That's the death cult aspect of it. They're they are fantasizing about others, fantasizing about killing them, so that they have a reason to then kill them. 
Yep. And that's like so much of of what we see in conservative Facebook is just uh, conservatives imagining outlandish scenarios in which like the murder of their neighbor will be justified. I mean, that it's weird that it is a modern version of this thing and that it now uh, is put through like the little sausage machine of becoming Facebook content. But that weird neuroses existed for a long fucking time and is the justification behind every uh, gun purchase in this fucking country. Like I I grew up in Texas where people love guns and you know, most people love them in a uh, proper nihilistic way like myself where you, go to the gun range every once in a while and you hand someone your, you know, driver's license and they give you way too many guns and you go, this is funny because this shouldn't be fucking happening. And then you go shoot a tin can and that's the end of the day. Right. But people that are really into them and really believe in the politics of gun owning always have this insane scenario where they want to walk you through where like a home invasion happens in their, you know, their fucking weird ass unappealing corner of the, you know, dirt road house. A gang of MS-13 is going to drive out to Old Town Road and go fucking, uh, you know, bang down like this, you know, this ridiculous country house door. And, um, you know, and then the psychology of it is... Well, that's what, I mean, that's what Lil Nas X gets for writing that song. Yeah. What else are they supposed to expect? This is all pushback from from like the Lil Nas X uh, song, and also the Freddie Gibbs video where he's like owns and works on a farm for the entire video. <laughs> and they're like, oh, between those two coming out so close, they were like, shit. There's no way these rappers are stocked up. There's no way these, these rappers don't have a have a good storage. You know, There's, they're gonna come for ours. They're gonna take a horse out here. Wow, we gotta, we gotta shoot yeah. the horse too t- in case they try to take off on the horse and ride till they can't. It was so no funny. <laughs> it was so funny when like when Joe Biden uh got like heckled or got questioned by that union worker. I think it was in Detroit who was like uh you're going to take our guns, man. And Joe yeah. Biden was like, "Oh, fuck you, bitch," or whatever he said to him <laughs> and like, you know, shit. tried to slap him or something and people were like, "Oh, well, he had every Joe Biden had every right to defend himself. That guy was like insane. That guy was like an insane gun freak or whatever." And it's like no, Joe Biden literally said he was going to appoint uh, Beto as his yeah. guns are. Beto, yeah. who like kept trying to make news for himself after his failed president, failed Senate run and presidential run, who said, "Yes, we are going to take your fucking guns." Literally said that, and then Biden said, "Yeah, we're going to make that guy our gun guy." So yeah. no, the Detroit worker is not insane for thinking Joe Biden he wanted to have the appearance of wanting to take his gun. Yeah, he sent that message directly by uh, you know entertaining the idea of appointing Beto O'Rourke to that position. Beto O'Rourke like he was not in politics really at that point. He was done with his campaign and had yeah. uh, you know presided over that fucking mass shooting, not presided over the shooting, but you know, El Paso <laughs> in the he was standing on top of a table shooting the fucking AK-47 yeah. to people. Um <laughs> uh no, but I mean like, you know, he made that statement like whatever you think about him even I don't think that he thought that he was going to get that job. Like, he was free to say something crazy and go, hey, fucking come at me, you know, gun freaks, because uh, 
because nothing was supposed to happen after that. So Biden, like, appointing him to that position is incredibly unstrategic. It is entirely saying, I'm going to come take your guns. I'm going to do, I'm going to do your worst fucking nightmare. You know, I'm going to appoint the guy you hate. Who's in all your memes and shit to literally come try to take your shit. So yeah, there's no, we had so many death threats on the show against, uh, against Beto. When that happened, there were like, I can't remember any specifically, but like established politicians, like, like Republican representatives were like, Hey, Beto, come to my house so I can kill you, please. Yeah, please. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah. It w- yeah. They were like, please let me shoot your tall statuesque body. <laughs> but there's a thing. I mean, like Democrats, it's you, you would say like, it's kind of a crazy strategy, but the th- there's a thing where like gun violence is an extremely motivating factor among Democrats, like, especially among like centrist, moderate, Democrats like that's one of the reasons Bloomberg had so much, you know, uh, support, uh, you know, you know, I know he did like the, the crazy uh, wave of ads, uh, but people cited his record on gun violence as a reason they actually liked him. And I mean, there's just a huge like movement for that kind of policy. And I think Beto knows that. And he tapped into a lot of anger over the mass shootings when he was saying things like that. Maybe he meant it. Maybe it was more strategy. Um, And then also Bernie, uh, who, you know, has a record of not being as anti-gun as the rest of the Democrats. So it really is kind of like a wedge issue, uh, at least between Bernie and the rest of the candidates uh, and between like moderate Democrats and more conservative voters. Yeah. So I I wouldn't say it's necessarily strategic to say I'm going to uh take your fucking guns, but it de- you would definitely like get some positive press in like liberal media circles over it. Yeah. I guess I, I it, just short-sighted because uh that press is going to happen now and then that's going to just kill you in the general when you are trying to win over people to vote Republican or whatever. Yeah, I agree. What's wild, too, about the whole, like, I mean, I know there's, like, Secret Service and all that stuff, but what's wild about that whole, like, Biden interaction is, like, that's how, like, arrogant Joe Biden is. Some some guy, some, like, at least I don't remember, I think white passing guy was asking him, like, like, hey, man, I'm really close to you, and you want to take my guns away, and I don't like that? And he, like, had the audacity to, like, because if that happened to me and I was just on the street, um, I would probably be pretty, like, on my defense but he like was so confident in his you know rich white man is that he like put his finger in the guy's chest and it's like man like p- people have been shot over that but he just knew that wasn't an option and he could be tough in that moment and that's really wild that's like a stance that not a lot of people get to take well the guy's boss was probably because they were at his like auto manufacturing plant where the yeah. guy worked yeah so like that guy's boss was probably standing right there and i said before like after the guy's seeing, boss but, was like hey don't bring your gun in today biden's coming yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah biden also with that handsy shit he does is kind of it's kind of like yeah. when they ask like boris johnson to eat a hamburger or something and he doesn't know how to do it like he's been in a position where he's allowed to just touch people's faces and shit when he's talking to them yeah. for so long that he does not function like a normal person so yeah if you do drop him off in like a sketchy neighborhood or something and he walks around just going like listen jack and people like eventually he does get the shit beaten out of him but it'll yeah. never happen I dated this girl on Tinder, uh, 
who didn't know how to eat a burrito. Like we're we're talking about <laughs> eating things weird. <laughs> like she was like a transplant to California where I'm where I'm from. And we went out and I took her to a burrito spot and she ate the burrito like like you make a U with your hand. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> like you're cupping uh-huh. the burrito. Yeah. That's how she ate the burrito and I was just watching her like Oh my god, are you really doing? Are you really doing this? And she was like, "I don't know." <laughs> like, amazing. This is amazing. <laughs> and I know this is real because like you you like told me about that pretty immediately. Um and and I was like so shook by it. And I thought you were making it up. Uh and then yeah, I but I, I you the way you described it right now really makes it real all right well um i guess do we have anything else that's uh, particularly uh timely to get to before we sort of uh do some plugs and wrap this thing up i got another real stupid meme here if you want to if you want to hear it please do but lay as many of them down as you can Okay, so uh, me this this meme has uh, top text: real men never run out of toilet paper. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then uh, the center image is a photo of shop towels, like like rolls of shop towels still in their packaging. <laughs> and then the bottom says easily found in the working section, where millennials and Democrats never shop. Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Millennials and Democrats. <laughs> an entire generation and an entire like like pol- political party don't have jobs. Like all of them. They just don't have they don't work at all. It's, they don't work. They just they handed things. Do you ever do you so follow shop uh, towels and do you follow cropped boomer images? You know that one? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's my favorite Twitter. That's a good one. It's just all those, but with like half of the joke cut out. So it's just a picture of Clint Eastwood, and he's like, I'd rather wipe my ass. And that's it. Just him yep, yelling about it. wiping yeah. his ass. <laughs> yeah, well, one of, the, one of my favorites that I accidentally did was of uh, Val Kilmer from Tombstone when he has like tuberculosis and he looks like he's like dying. I mean, he's supposed to be dying and his eyes are watery and red. Uh, and the top half just says, uh, some people just want to be liked. Yep. yep. That's <laughs> and then it's just yeah. a photo of, of Val Kilmer, like death incarnate. That's a good one. Cause like, I think a lot of people feel that. Like I felt that when I saw that, I was like, yeah, that's a mood. Um, but yeah, I just love this. The shop towels. That's going to be your like manly toilet paper. Uh, yeah, it's dude. like, they found the most expensive way to ruin both your asshole and the plumbing. But remember, it, they, they never run out because, like, chamois towels, the roll of chamois towels, you can, like, rinse those off. <laughs> Which is immediately what I thought of when I saw this. And I was like, oh, these people are going to rinse the doo-doo rags. Like, that's what's going to happen. That's, uh, you know. Shop towels, we're talking about those, those, those like, blue... It's like a roll of paper towels, but they're like blue and yeah. durable, yeah. right? That's yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like paper towels, but even more durable. Like anybody who's tried to flush like more than uh, like anybody who's tried to flush a whole paper towel at once knows it's not very good. And shop towels are like yeah, even worse than that. I didn't even think about uh, that. I just, yeah, I do like how I that's love... the opposite of like a bidet. Like they're like yep. no, no, no. Uh, I'm not doing this French <laughs> shit. I'm using more shit. That's you know, weird and chafes against my ass or whatever. 
Um, I'm in my Michael Although, Bloomberg. It really is as far away from a bidet as you can. <laughs> but I also like the phrase uh, easily found in the work- working section. <laughs> like the phrase, it's easily working. The working section of the store. You know, the store you go to, and you go to the working section. Not the Democrat section like, or the millennial section. <laughs> the working section. The working section. It's like this this dude inherited, like, uh, you know, a jet ski dealership from his dad and thinks he's a blue-collar worker. And, yeah, this is where, where I'm assuming working people shop. They shop in the working section of their stores. I do wish that like stores were broken up by like demographic maybe a little bit more. It would like maybe make things a little bit easier um like in my life um at times. Uh, oh, yeah. like yeah, I don't know. Like I, I when when I go to like Target, it takes a while for me to find like the moisturizer that like me and my people need to use. Um and like I it'd be nice if I could just go to one section where I could just find it all there. The, uh, that's the uh know. the not working section. That's the not working section. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah, no work boots in that section. <laughs> um what uh I'm in my uh the Michael Bloomberg Facebook group that I got added into that is now just morphed into it has something to do with Zuckerberg now and it's all Yeah. people freaking oh. out about Bernie Sanders and it's uh I just found them they're now posting like they found Bernie memes and they're posting them in this group and going, I knew it. Bernie Sanders supporters are communists. Like they have a oh, hard yeah. time figuring that out. Tight. There's a Tight. meme here. That's I, this has got to be from like Buffy or angel or one of those CW shows. It's like a woman and she's got a big <laughs> needle in her and it says alienated labor of the working class and the needles drawing blood out of her. And then the next picture is like one of those Buffy, like vampire type, guys with the bald head and it says michael bloomberg and then he's holding a glass of blood that says surplus value it's very uh belabored but then they found it and then they were like i knew it (laughs) they think he's the vampire yeah that's incredible it's good what the blue no matter who facebook group i've been in for a long time just changed their name to like uh, Americans for a Joe Biden Kamala Harris ticket, <laughs> which is very specific. Uh, well, they were a Kamala Harris group. Yeah, they were then, a K Hive <clears throat> Hive group. They were a K Hive group, and then they had a week of mourning uh, when she dropped out, and then they changed to Blue No Matter Who. And I've just been like salting them with uh, worker propaganda subtly. And there, I think there was somebody in there who was posing as a boomer who was doing a pretty good job of it. <laughs> and they pretended that their son was Matt Brunig. And they were posting like Matt Brunig quotes in there. And they were like, my son is like really angry about the Democratic Party. And I just can't understand. You know, I, I respect him a lot. He's he's intelligent, but I just I don't understand. But he says this is how him and all his friends are feeling. And I was like, hey, your son, Matt Brunig, sounds like a smart guy. And he was like, thank you. You, you remind me a lot of my son. <laughs> That's tight. That's tight. It's a good bit. This is two trolls accidentally fucking with each other because they don't realize they're both undercover. The the thing about the thing about the K Hive is like it's a really uh, speaking of demographics. um, I don't want to like pigeonhole um, a certain type of person, um, especially I don't want to like when it comes down to like things like gender and such. 
Um, but the thing about the Kamala Harris, uh, the K-Hive, is like it's a very difficult group to deal with. Like anybody who's ever had to interact with a bunch of white women, um, a bunch of white Democrat women, they know it's it's rough. It's rough out there. Um, and that's what the K-Hive was uh, fully, fully committed to. And they had a, a Terrence K. Williams like figure in front to deflect any of their racism. <laughs> and it made it very difficult to navigate that field. Yeah. Yeah, it's really fucked up that they're uh they're like being welcomed into the Biden fold right now. Although they're so crazy. I wonder if some of them are mad that she's like even like she can't even be vice president, like she needs to be president, you know. Well, also, oh, yeah. that, like her big moment was accusing Biden, rightfully so, of Absolutely. like being friends with segregationists and like you know contributing to like the the uh, pol- you know the prison industrial complex, which I guess she didn't really have a leg to stand on there. But still, you know, being against uh, desegregation or whatever, that was her big moment, and or him being against that, and now like she's being floated as a as a vp she endorsed him man when she endorsed him that was like my full like laugh out loud in a public space uncontrollably joker moment yeah it's beautiful it's like the best thing because like yeah she's doing it because she thinks it'll it'll be good for her career or whatever but still it's like you know she knows how much shit she ate while doing that endorsement, and that's like a, a little a little bit of solace for me. Yeah, I mean these people really are just soulless because you know you just track all the things that they say and put them all on a timeline together. They can't, you can't have any integrity if you've made all these passionate statements that all contradict each other. Um, I've been watching a lot of people. She sold T-shirts of her fucking own against Joe Biden. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Own against Joe Biden's racism. I've been watching a lot of Pete Buttigieg interviews post uh, his dropout <laughs> oh, and, and uh, endorsement, and it's. I mean, he's got that shit where like, uh, there there are like you know psychology experts or what the fuck ever who kind of have identified this thing that he's doing where he like smiles a little bit harder when you could tell he knows he's lying because he just knows yep. how fucked yep. up it is and like uh you know i mean he talks so much about how he's like you know he's he's young up and comer and he believes in this f- future you know new politics vision for the party or whatever and his whole selling point was like that he was uh fresh blood was the big phrase or whatever mm-hmm. and uh somebody asked him about a fresh it. face for like the democratic establishment yeah. yeah and then they asked him about yeah. so somebody in an interview asked him why black people like biden more than him and he was just like you know well you gotta it takes a long time and a lot of experience <laughs> to you know, to build these bonds with communities or whatever, and you have to hand it to him because he's got all the experience, and he just, I mean, you're just, you're owning yourself. You're roasting yourself yeah. fucking 30 minutes ago, like a different instance of yourself so hard to just to just be, just be that brutally against the thing you've been talking about for two fucking years, but he didn't give a shit at all. He had that weird grin on his face because he knew he was just like, I'm getting more money, I'm getting a job, it's going to lead to me getting more power and shit. One of those things that, that happened this year that made like the made electoral politics very real to me is um, the same day that Buttigieg like, dropped out, that he was like, I'm done, um, 
a friend of mine in like in San Bernardino in like the Inland Empire was driving down the street and found a box full of Pete Buttigieg shirts. That's where they'd be in San Bernardino. <laughs> just, just on, just on, on the, the street. Of the road. Yeah. yeah. And, and, he, and, he, and he picked them up and like donated them. I, I think I, I told him to save me. Like I told him to save me one. So I think I have one. But like that made it so fucking real to me. I was like, oh, yeah, this is a uh, yeah, this is this is. Uh, it's that fast. That's Dude, so Pete, funny. Pete Buttigieg camp, like former Pete Buttigieg staffers or campaigners are going to use photos of like Africans wearing yep. the Pete shirts <laughs> that have been donated as like a, I told you he had black support. Yep. In, yeah. like, in future, in future things. Yeah. Uh, Chinetu. We, we need to re- it's Chinetu. We need to remember. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> We, we we need to remember his name though because I think that in like fifteen years he's gonna be part of something really weird, some sort of weird like uh you know you know, mass suicide or something like that. He's gonna be involved in for sure. Well yeah, I th- I'll try to remember the name Buddha Judge. Yeah. I'll try, to, I'll try not to forget that one. I think uh like him and a lot of these other fucking people obviously were, you know, even though if they probably in their heart really wanted to be president at some point, a lot of these also rands were using the thing that running for president is now as just a way into the, you know, the front row of the political world. A lot of them are going to be people who we all remember for the rest of our fucking lives for some reason. Um, even if it's as vaguely, uh, you know, distant as like a Sarah Palin or something like that. But, um, I think that like him specifically and a few of these other people are, they're trying to buy their way into a thing that like, I don't know if will really even exist in the not too distant future. Like this, uh, yeah, you know, the neoliberal Democratic Party establishment thing, it might be about to get fucking eaten alive. And then what are they, yeah. what is Pete Buttigieg going to do in four years, you know? And that's what I want. We all want that so bad. We all want, like, the best thing ever is, like, Pete Buttigieg in, like, an empty apartment with, like, no furnishings, just, like, sitting on the floor watching a, like a box, like a tube TV on the ground because his grift didn't work and his like husband left him. He's no longer. I don't, the funniest thing like, I, to me I is, hope- is that he like got to host Jimmy uh, Kimmel for some reason, but then that week they had to pull the audiences out from everything. So he just ended up in this insane twilight zone ending thing where he's just alone in a room doing bad jokes. No, there was time. There yeah. was time for me to be a, a smart boy now. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's so funny. <laughs> anyway, what well, were you saying? The thing about, like, the Democratic Party, like, imploding right now, which I think is, like, a real possibility and something that I've, like, wanted to happen for a long time. I don't know that it's going to be necessarily a good thing for the left because I don't think it just implodes. I think there's like a, just maybe like a, a redefining of what it means to be a Democrat. Like maybe not necessarily a redefining, but like a, a new understanding of what it means to be a Democrat because the Democrats have coasted for a long time on this idea that, Oh, we can't have the nice things because Republicans that's been like the excuse or that's been the reasoning uh, behind the multiple democratic failures, you know, the failures uh, in, of the Obama era, uh, the, uh, 
I don't know if it would even, I mean, the failures of NAFTA, like there's been, oh, well, things have to get through Congress, sweetie. You can't just pass whatever you want. You know, you can't just pass card check. You can't just pass a public option. The, we have to deal with uh, the Republicans. You don't want anything good or whatever. And in an, in a time of crisis when uh, the best the Democrats can offer before they even begin negotiations, the best they can offer is like tax credits to specific people or like interest free loans while the Republicans are actually offering just like direct cash yeah. to citizens. It's really hard to like deny the reality that no, Nancy Pelosi is just a fiscal conservative. Like she's said it, she's been on the record saying they're not going to pass bills that add to the deficit. You know, she said I think she said that partially as a way to yeah. own Trump and then partially as a way to like own Sanders, like to prepare for a possible Sanders presidency. But that's also just like her ideology. Her ideology is that of a fiscal conservative. Whatever's best for the market is what we do. Um, and if the Democratic Party does like implode, I think it just realigns as like, you know, an actual fiscal fiscally responsible socially liberal party and i think pete Buttigieg is like primed for that slot <laughs> like that's exactly <laughs> yeah. what pete Buttigieg is so i don't unfortunately see him going away anytime soon unless there's like an all-out revolution which i would you know love to happen but yeah i mean i think you're absolutely right and the in the pointing out that like the the mask is just off um they're sort of uh whatever the fuck they use to get this shit in everyone's head the media and just the pr and everything whatever the fuck they've been doing to make every normie idiot i know think like oh but they're trying is mm -hmm. uh still working to some extent but you're right in that the the fact that conservatives are now going to come in and just be like Okay, what if we just outflank you from the left? What if we offer you uh, better UBI than these fucking Nancy yeah. Pelosi's and shit are offering you? Um, you know, what if we just winkingly are like, how about uh, socialism of a very specific kind? You know, what if we do that? Right. right. Um, that might actually be the undergirding, like, large, uh, uh, what do you call it, like, ideological thing that causes people to not wake up and stop buying Democrats bullshit, but literally just, just go, Oh, there's something better going uh, uh, being offered somewhere else. And it might cause them to just fade into it's, obscurity or something. It's like a different kind of third way. Like the third way of the Clinton era was like, you know, fiscal conservatism, uh, welfare reform while like, uh, being more culturally liberal to whatever degree that yeah. meant. Now the new third way is going to be like uh, fiscally more left while socially being more racist. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's going to be like a possible like uniting politics among like a lot of people. And yeah, the Democrats are totally in, in, unwilling uh, to combat that. And it's something I think we've seen through history with like, you know, milk toast liberalism. Um, and just the Democrat, like the Democratic leadership, both Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are literally on record being against Trump, Stephen Mnuchin, Mitt Romney, Tom Cotton's idea of a cash payout to workers. 
that that if this happens, it is going to be Trump's like single most popular policy or achievement (laughs) in his in in his term. And Democratic leadership is going to be on the record as complaining about it. Yeah. Uh, that's going to shift a lot of dynamics around and it's going to be really bad. Um, it's also going to be pretty funny, I think, in that if you if if things play out in a way where Trump is convinced that he will look really good if it's his idea that he presents these yep. universal programs, then he's going to be hilarious. Um, he will give you, you know, Medicare for all, but it'll be called fucking Trump care or something. And it'll yeah. be like, like I was talking to my roommate about this earlier. It is, he's, this has been his theory for a while. And I think it's kind of coming to fruition, but like, it's just, we're going to get it, but it's going to be like him going like, it's the fucking best healthcare you've ever had. I built a hospital. It's made out of solid gold and shit. And then everyone just has to go like, shut up, shut up. Don't fucking tell him that's, you know, a liberal a left thing or whatever. Yeah, um, but, but it's going to come dark with side like an of ICE that. agent stationed in every room. Yeah. Like that's what it's, it's going to come with. It's Nazi shit. I mean, that's exactly what the yeah. fuck is going to happen. It's, it comes with a huge string attached. Um, yeah, I think one like one of the biggest things that we really need to illustrate during this time, we're like defining, you know, the the difference between like us and Democrats is the Nancy Pelosi thing. Where like, uh, yeah, they might be trying to do some sort of like. Um, payout or something like that, but no one's addressing the people we were talking about earlier. Like, you know, the people like yourself who do do gig economy stuff. Who like, we're not going to be able to get unemployment. We're not going to be able to get like, um, you know, some sort of stipend because I don't have like a company to really file that through. You know, like we're not going to get that stuff, and like people aren't going to get that stuff because we don't count as like real humans because we don't work for like a real company. Yeah, and, it's and like that's extremely... what we need to really like illustrate and hold on to, and like really push that point is like the 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 you know humanity of all of that, not just like benefiting small businesses. Yeah, I know, and it's uh, it's really ironic because uh, all of their values led to this, you know, being a situation where they were so proud that these companies that employ us as gig economy workers were able to flourish. So yeah. if you set this shit up, then why are we being cut out? You know, and that's normally something that would just be like a huge bummer. It would be like a slow burn that would you, you would just sort of understand existentially. Like I'm not going to be okay someday because of this. But now it's yeah. like it's all happening it's in happening real time. Fast. Yeah. Um, I think that uh, we should probably wrap up here pretty soon, just for time. Um, do you uh, you have any? Yeah, yeah, that's good. You got anything else uh, particularly juicy from the internet there? I got one we can go out on that's pretty pretty revealing. Um, so uh, Gavin Newsom, governor of California, just uh, orders insurers to waive out-of-pocket costs for coronavirus testing. Um, again, this is like kind of a bait and switch because to get actually tested for coronavirus, you have to jump through a lot of hoops. and. Yeah. If you can't prove that you had co- have come into contact with somebody who has been diagnosed with coronavirus, then you don't get like the actual test. That's like the th- we have so few tests in this in this country that you don't, don't get the test if you can't prove that, even if you have all the symptoms. And so whatever whatever like care you received or testing you received up to that point is has to be paid out of pocket. So 
that's aside. That's just again yeah. liberalism. That's aside from aside the, from the point. All right. But uh, this was posted into one of my groups that I'm in called uh, Snowflake Central. You know, uh, you know the one Snowflake Central, <laughs> where we and, all met. That's where we all met. We all met at Snowflake Central. Uh, and this, the caption is from Dan, Dan Abbott posted this, and the caption says, "More free stuff from the socialists. It's like they're reaching right into the insurance companies' pockets." Which is just like hilarious to like give a shit about reaching into insurance companies' pockets, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then he followed it up with a comment that says uh, they don't get it. The more people that get tested, the higher the numbers of infections on TV, and that's bad for us. If people can just go to the doctor and get tested for free, they're going to bring their whole families in for health care, and then you basically have socialism. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, a fucking nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, well, how awful would that be? We don't want people to get tested because then they might actually like be shown to have the virus, and that looks bad for yeah. us. Yeah, and they can they actually have their... it. Real full circle MAGA brain shit, because uh, you don't even remember why you're mad at socialism to begin with. At the beginning of the conversation, it was because of the breadline, which you yeah. could argue is a bad thing, but now you're like, well, if the but they're eating bread and that's part of the breadline thing that I was right. The bad about thing about breadlines is that it shows that people are hungry. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the worst thing about breadlines. I love how they finish the argument by like, by stating that the family's also getting taken care of as that, that, that some sort of like, it's helping their point somehow. Like that, isn't that the whole, isn't that kind of the American dream is like to take care of your family. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, but they're here like, and then they'll bring their family in and they'll get taken care of too. And that's socialism. That's awful. Yeah, it's bad when people get health care. Like it's not it's socialism when people get health care. It's it, it's not like, oh, the free market uh, allows like the best allocation for resources so that more people will get health care if we just free up the market or whatever. It's not that anymore. It's just no. If more people get health care, then it is socialism. Yeah, it's just yeah. bad because socialism. That's a. Uh... That's real grim. Um, all right, boys. Well, it's been a lovely oh, evening yeah. talking to you. Um, tell my fans where, of course, of course, uh, I'll have you back anytime. Um, yeah, tell my fans about your show, man. I would love to hype it. It's a great show, and you guys are really funny. Hey, thanks a lot. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Minion Death Cult. You, Minion Death Cult, you can uh, find it wherever you find podcasts or at MinionDeathCult.com. We got a bonus episode every week at Patreon.com slash MinionDeathCult. Social media is uh, yeah at MinionDeathCult, and uh, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Fleildy, F-L-I-E-L-D-Y. It's a combination. It's a portmanteau of the two best bassists in the world, Flea and Fieldy. Facts, facts. Uh... <laughs> it all, it all, it all makes sense. And uh, yeah, and I'm I'm Tony Boswell. You can follow me on uh, on Twitter at Word Is Bond. Um, and yeah, uh, it's please follow the show. We we ha- we have a lot of fun with it. Thanks for having us, dude. Yeah, MDC. If you're a specific generation of uh, old hardcore idiot, then you might remember that being the acronym for millions of dead cops that's a fun way to remember both of those things that are both good absolutely absolutely
All right, y'all. Well, uh, maybe I'll see you if this shit ever ends and I can make it my way back up the West Coast. I was gonna. Yeah, yeah and please do. And then the fucking uh, the purge happened. So, I don't know. Maybe in 18 months I'll see you. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. If you come up if you come up here, there's a chance you could get there's you could get the chance to take care of a lot of tech bros. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> purge happens. Uh, it, it's kind of a cool spot to be in. I bet they're pretty easy True. to take down. Unless they're like the types of tech bros that are like, I, I do you know crunches while I code or whatever. That might be weird. Um, and uh, as a UPS driver, I have a lot of the door codes for these apartments in Capitol Hill. Dude, so. dude I know that shit, man. I, it's so weird. I've been inside of every building in New York. and At some point, you're always like, is this allowed? Like, why am I? Yeah. Dude, let me tell you something about uh, New York. There, there's, you know, very, very, very expensive high rises and shit that just like people that are rich beyond anything we'll ever understand live in. And like a lot of them. Like an alarming number of them have the carpets from The Shining, and I don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just yeah. I mean, that's some definite like sex cult. Like, uh, what, what's the what's the sex movie that Kubrick directed? Uh, Eyes Wide Shut. It's some of the, some of that shit. Yeah, I'm torn between it's. They're definitely like sacrificing humans and fucking kids inside of these buildings or they're just owned by like the most boring people on earth who think that's just like so edgy that they got to do that with their dad's you know building company or whatever <laughs> that, i don't fucking know who knows that pattern is actually the easiest to clean <laughs> so that's really all it is uh, uh, you can get rid of like blood and fluids real easily yeah that's uh, why that tony wears tight ass shirts yes exact <laughs> same reason yeah all right uh well i think yeah we'll do that this will be our episode for the week or we'll edit around it i'm not sure what i'm gonna do yet we have a lot of content i have nothing to do but podcast now so uh if you like tight, our show tight. oh yeah uh congratulations motherfucker there's a lot more of it coming um <laughs> you know all the normal stuff all my tour dates are fucking canceled so if you were going to come see me in Atlanta or Tennessee or Florida, that shit's not happening anymore uh, because of the plague. So I'll see you someday. But until then, uh, please consider supporting our show on Patreon.com, which is how podcasters make money. Uh, we also do a bonus episode every week. I'm sure you know about it. But uh, we really need this money now. And guess what? You're in luck. I have nothing to do but actually work on my show. So, you know. Consider it uh, if you have the money. If you don't, you know, spend the money on a bar, what a bar of soap, Purell, whatever you need to get through all this. Um, <laughs> rate, review, subscribe, all that bullshit. All right, that should be it. It is finished.